The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. And you know, whenever we talk about this topic, people, many of you just sit there, shake your head. Stay away from wildlife. You've heard it said a million times. It's a message, though, that people continue to ignore in Jasper National Park. Uh, now the park has stopped issuing bear reports because the warnings have become counterproductive. Instead of taking heed, visitors have been using them, have been using these bear reports to seek out the animals and some cases taking risky selfies joining us this afternoon once again steve malcolm who is a human wildlife conflict specialist with parks canada hi steve welcome back to the show hi Jaylen. thanks a lot for having me well last time uh, we talked we were talking about the um the uh the the no stopping zones uh in the park are those still in place uh we've pulled ours actually already um <sighs> However, they, they're just one of the tools that we use to try and help uh, wildlife and people and visitors uh, interact. So, so that's, Steve, that's yeah, something. so Steve, as you saw this kind of shake down, you know, you put out these uh, bear reports in, in, in the hopes that people stay away, and it did the exact opposite. I mean, what was going through your mind? Well, you know, the, the intent for the bear reports were always good. You know, we wanted just to provide people an idea of where it would be safe or you would have less chance of encountering wildlife. Um, and that way they can make some informed choices. You know, it's, it's just part of the changes as people and visitors have different desires and different uh, interests. Um, we're just going to have to adapt as we find some things are working and some things aren't. Okay, so, and, and you know, we've been reading the the reports that have been coming out, and it's been saying, you know, over the past number of years, the uh, there has been an increase in the harassment of, of wildlife in the park. What does that look like, Steve? Like, what kind of incidents are we talking about? So, I've kind of clumped harassment with mm-hmm. everything. So, that's feeding, and, and actually primary feeding is really a big concern because we're starting to see an increase in people actually throwing food out of vehicles, throwing uh, food uh, in different places that uh, are attracting and thinking that that's not, not going to have any negative consequences. So feeding is clumped into harassment, obviously, because uh-huh. indirectly it has uh, some negative consequences yeah. to those individuals. But also the, the comfort level that people have with uh, especially predators like bears uh, and wolves being able to approach them, getting very close, starting to pursue them as they as they try to get a better picture, not realizing that you know their their safety is always at risk because every bear or carnivore is an individual, and really I can't guarantee what what they are going to do in response to some of the pressure. Mm-hmm. And and in some cases, you 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 are seeing you know take for instance bears, you're seeing them um, kind of getting getting angry, maybe doing a little you know a little you know fake charge or kind of pounding the ground a little bit. I mean, it's real. Um, you know, it's not that it's not a zoo, <laughs> right? No, it's, it's, not a, it's not a zoo. Um, and and so, what does that do? to the to the animals um you know when when they're around too many humans when they are fed when they are being constantly bombarded with you know these lineups of traffic that are trying to take their pictures um what kind of stress does it put that uh, on them so they they in response become very habituated which means you know sometimes it's a positive thing that they become more comfortable with people and react uh negatively less 
but it also creates a situation where they become more tolerant to people and they're more comfortable then to pop into a campground while mm. people are there, maybe do a little visit and start to get exposed to more human food than they normally would have because, of, because their relationship changes. So that habituation is a sort of a double-edged sword with regards to their uh, longevity and and people's safety. And so that's that's the balance that we're trying to do is they need access to those roadside vegetation. Um, mm-hmm. That's a, a really critical uh, opportunity for them. And they're willing to tolerate human presence, you know, and preferably, you know, with people being in the vehicle, uh, isn't isn't going to compromise that relationship. It's the minute they get out, then they start walking towards them. They start closing the gap. The bears communicate different ways, um, and if people don't understand that communication, then then actually things can get really uh, unsafe. And we've seen them on all the videos that are going on YouTube and mm-hmm. uh, on the internet where people are getting bluff charged, which is pretty well the end of the line for that bear in terms of his communication. He's just so uh, frustrated with the proximity that mm-hmm. that's their first line of uh, sharing, that they don't, they're not happy. And people, you know, the next step is as they get more comfortable, then they may start making contact with some of the, mm-hmm. the people, and that's where we really want to avoid. I was reading that, um, that there's about 3,000 wildlife incidents a year in Jasper. Steve, what are, what are wildlife incidents? What, what would they be described as? Something like the, the, the bluff charge, or is it even more? You know, to clump them, yeah. uh, about 1,000 of them are jams. Okay. Another 1,000 uh, are encounters, uh, incidents where there's safety elements to it. Um, there's also uh, when wildlife gets access into areas that we, we don't uh, want them, for example, campgrounds, high-use areas, uh, sometimes the outlying commercial accommodations. Yeah. We don't want them accessing areas like that because they could get food conditioned and you could have safety concerns. Town site and, you know, the corridors are also other areas. So that's, that's sort of generally our main, and we, yeah. we have obviously bear, uh, bear peaks, but we also have elk encounters where people are getting too close to elk. Yeah. We have the rut and the calving. And, and so, so trying to manage 2.5 million people in a very large park uh, and with a lot of wildlife because, of course, they want access to the same areas that we have is, is where we get put right in the middle, trying to buffer that zone. Yeah, and you know, you talk about some of those uh, incidents. I mean, wasn't there that one just recently? At, was it Sunwapta, Sunwapta Falls? The, the the black bear kind of walked across the bridge, and a whole bunch of folks were right around there. Yeah, exactly. So there's a there's a human tolerant bear, which you know that's a positive thing. Uh, maybe it's just got to the point where it realizes the only safe way to get across that uh, river is actually just use the bridge like everybody mm-hmm. else is. They're not they're not stupid. I'll tell you, they're extremely intelligent, and as long as they can get comfortable then they're going to start accessing different places, different uh, facilities. You know, I'm surprised, you know, that was a pretty pretty good bear to be able to walk, you know, five feet from people and not react to it. And like I said, it's not always a bad thing, except when you get individuals that are not tolerant to people and uh, then, then the safety. And, you know, they are a wild animal and completely unpredictable. Steve, what, in a situation like uh, what happened at Sunwapta, and, you know, any, you know, I've been out there and I'm picturing the area, picturing the bridge, picturing all that sort of stuff. What, what should people do if they see something like that? 
You know, the ideal reaction to that incident uh, is to see that bear on the far side, and it was it was telling them that I want to get across this bridge, mm-hmm. and giving them a little bit of time to react. They should have all backed off. The other side of the bridge uh, uh, moved away as uh, far away as they can and allow that bear to access that bridge and take off. That would have been the ideal thing. What they did, what they did, isn't totally bad either because they, I think it caught them by surprise. Uh, the bear jumped on the bridge right away, and all of a sudden they they moved away as far away as they can, and, and try not to pressure that bear. And so you just basically walked right by them. That was just, you know, that was lucky that yeah. that worked out well. Um, I would have preferred the first option over the second one. Yeah, and you know when you talk about some of the other animals um, that are that are in the park, and I think of um, uh, of the elk, and you know we certainly see them certainly during um, calving season and and uh, mating season. Are we just coming up to? Ma- is it? Uh, it's when? right in the middle of the mating season. Yeah, right in the just, middle of mating. Yeah. And I can remember being out at Becker's, and there was a big bull elk in his his harem right there, and I mean it was something else to see. But again, uh, we went for a walk, and I think I've told you this story before and we turned around a corner and we came almost, you know, it seemed face-to-face with a big bull elk and it's like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Because we were just walking the back paths and behind, you know, backers down along the river and stuff like that and we just turned around and slowly walked away. But I think people look at them and think, oh, they're just like deer or something like that that they can't hurt you, but they can hurt you. Yeah, actually, and and we have more safety incidents with elk than we do with bears. Really? Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's just because obviously they're more... Um, in the high-use areas, they're there basically all year long. So just through attrition, you're going to get more incidents. But they are they are all habituated, and they're all intolerant to people when it comes to activating their own requirements. Bull elk, you know, have have a really affiliation with vehicles, and you know, over the course of the last. Uh, probably 10 years are starting to see more and more vehicle elk, bull elk uh, incidents Mm. where bull elk are attacking vehicles because they don't view them as human. They view them as something that they don't like. Ah, really? The safety issues are certainly always present and we just have to ensure everybody knows how to manage them. Steve Malcolm joining me this afternoon, Human Wildlife Conflict Specialist, Parks Canada, of course, working out in Jasper National Park. And, you know, Steve, this text just came in and I have to read it to you. And it says, Jaylin, your guest is showing so much restraint by saying you can't fix stupid regarding people and and wildlife. And I know there's a lot of people that, that feel that way and they get so frustrated about it, but every time you go in there and you see this over and over again, uh, you must be pulling pulling your hair out. So what do you do? What is the next step? If, this, if the, the bear report idea didn't work when it comes to bears, uh, what else can you do? Is it is it just more education? Is it you're hoping that they're going to read the, the flyer that you hand out at the at the gates? What do you do next? Well, that's what we're we're trying to figure out. Like everything that we are currently doing, and there's a lot. Like we proactively manage a lot of our uh, attractants, for example. So all the food, garbage, and all that is all secured. The buffalo berry bushes that are inside the campgrounds, we try to thin out so that they aren't becoming an attraction. There's a there's a whole layer of proactive work that we want to initiate to minimize yeah. uh, potential. The other things that we try to do, obviously, the pamphlets maybe are not reaching enough. We're mm-hmm. getting people from all over the world, so they may only visit Jasper once in their lifetime. And to be able to reach in the medium that works for them yeah. is, is a challenge. And so we're 
we're working on trying to figure those solutions. But otherwise, having staff being able to reach out, you know, we have the Wildlife Guardian program where they're uh, spending time on the road dealing with the people around these uh, jams uh, is one solution. You know, we have staff that are always interacting. I never underestimate the value of wildlife sightings to the guests. And Mm -hmm. and that's probably Mm -hmm. what I keep going. And I think all of our staff go over in the back of their mind that this is a really good thing for them. It helps helps them understand uh, the national parks and how important they are. And so, you know, really, I just just read that over my mind every time I go into those situations knowing that this is a really special moment we just need to make sure that everybody does it safely you know it was interesting when my when my cousins were over from England a couple of years ago and we took them out to the mountains and they desperately wanted to see a a bear Um, and eventually um, they they, they, um, went on a tour like an organized tour with one guy with a couple other people to some of the areas and I think finally they saw one and from what I understood it was from quite a respectful distance because it was a tour operator so I'm hoping that he was or she was you know following kind of the rules of engagement or not engaging if you know as as it was but you're right people want to see that that's one of the reasons why they way they come to the parks but um, yeah there's a, that fine that that fine balancing line now you mentioned this wildlife guardian program I've never heard of that before can you tell us more about that so we have wildlife guardians are the the uh, sort of roving educators, um, visitor experience opportunities where they, they'll set up at a, at a jam area or say a wildlife sighting. And uh, if, it's a, if it's appropriate safety, appropriate distance, they can allow vehicles to stop, take their photos and move on and allow the whole thing to become a much more controlled environment, which is the optimum. We, you cannot, uh, Having having a situation where it's controlled uh, is a really incredible experience for everybody that shows up. And, you know, that animal is not stressed. Yeah. Everybody's in their vehicle. There's nobody running around chasing it. So it's a really positive thing. And at the same time, if it's not a controlled environment, then, yes, you could have the exact opposite where all of a sudden the animal's defensively chasing people and, and having a situation where it's just not good for anybody. Steve, before I let you go, I've had a couple of texts come in regarding uh, that incident in Banff uh, earlier this month with the wolf. And they said, we know that you, you work in, in Jasper, but um, it was that uh, rare wolf attack in in Banff. And um, can you shed a little bit of light on that? Wait, there's there's wolves, obviously, in, in Jasper, but um, a wolf attack would be fairly rare, wouldn't it? Extremely, yeah. Extremely? Yeah. So, you know, I can't speak on behalf of uh, Banff, okay. uh, unfortunately, but I can say that it was an extremely rare event and one that, you know, we, we certainly didn't, wouldn't want to see anywhere. Yeah. Um, but no, otherwise I, I don't have enough information okay. to really add to that. Sorry. Do you know how many uh, wolf packs there are in, in Jasper? You know, we had at one point 10 wow. packs in Jasper, and I think we're probably down to about three. Mm. Um, yeah, the populations aren't doing great, and uh, it's always a bit of a challenge for sure. But we, we still have, you know, they're a, a very important species for sure, and we, we still have active uh, activity around. Awesome. Park. You know what, Steve? Always enjoy talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Appreciate it so very much. You're welcome, Julian. Okay. You have a great day. Yeah, you too. Steve Malcolm joining me this afternoon. Human Wildlife Conflict Specialist, Parks Canada, working out of Jasper. Um, again, just shake my head. Shake my head every time we have this conversation, Chadville.
Thanks again uh, to our guest, Steve Malcolm, out there in Jasper, talking about some of the challenges that they're facing. Uh, there's some of your texts coming in uh, this afternoon on... Uh on these wildlife interactions that, you know, keep happening, happen over and over again. Um, This one says we need to somehow educate tourists on how to react with wildlife. I'm guessing that they have the most incidents. Um, Yeah, and that's he he touched on that a little bit, talking about, you know, you have so many millions of tourists coming through there from around the world. And, you know, you've all received that, you know, uh, pamphlet that that gets handed out uh, when you when you pass through the Jasper gates. But again, I, you know, I guess we're all tourists when we go out there. Right. And I've seen, you know, you can see all sorts of people just pulled over on the side of the road. this one says, when I lived in Kitimat, B.C., we were all bear aware, except when a couple of Kermode, Kermode bears were in town. People were constantly trying to get pictures of them, even going into the bush where they were seen, and they finally had to trap them and move them away. And then uh, Claire the Naked Gardener, haven't heard you from you in ages, Claire. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well, better than my... Uh, my pepper patch um, says, I think that they should make it law that you cannot get out of your car to take pictures of animals in parks. People shock me. Uh, it, it shocks me how stupid they can be when it comes to wild creatures. What do you think about Claire's idea about fining people, about making it against the law? Um, you know, you need a hell of a lot of People, you know, up and down that highway. Uh, But, you know, if you did it in some of the more popular spots going in and out of the town site. But what if you got a fine? What if you got a fine for getting out of your car? Getting too close to a bear, getting too close to a sheep or an elk, whatever it is. That's an idea. This is a pretty good idea, Claire. Actually, I, I actually like that one.